Hi, it's Kiffin Lebates here, and it's going to be hard to make sure that this video doesn't turn into a rant, but I'll do my best. And the topic is the regular stream of articles that appear in my Google notifications, in my LinkedIn feed, and in the news sites that I occasionally go and visit, that all follow the same pattern. And let's start off by looking at the profile of the authors of these pieces. They're invariably men in the latter half of their life, so I would fall into that category, but there they start to differ immensely from me. They're senior officials at the SEC or the Federal Reserve, they're mandarins at the Bank of England or the European Central Bank, or they work for um, investment banks, places like Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan, or they've been financial advisors to senior figures in government, or they're economists from Ivy League schools, such as Cornell or Yale or Harvard. So that's the profile of the author. And actually, when you pick one of those slots, they would probably equally fit into some of the others because it's a bit of a revolving door and a, uh, an old boys network club when it comes to these positions, because you usually see people in one of those positions acting as advisors to some of the others. <clears throat> but anyway, that's the authors. Uh, the next thing to look at is the publications that their articles appear in. So again, we're talking about established uh, journals and magazines, things like The Economist, The Financial Times, or Forbes. Those are the places where their articles appear. And now it's worth going over the topic that they write about. And the topic is why cryptocurrencies and blockchain stuff, as it is um, instituted in the open, permissionless free world out there, is a bad, bad thing. That's the topic. They've slowly come around over the years to the thought that actually blockchain might be useful to the established financial world, for example, through central bank digital currencies. But uh, that's a whole other topic that I will have to touch on some other time. Um, when we're looking at the blockchain projects that are put out there that are not run by the established financial institutions, then they start sounding alarm bells. And they're very alarmist about it, to be honest. The articles will often say that these things now have the potential to cause another financial crisis and uh, throw the world into ruin and apocalypse. Um, they use very alarming uh, terminology. And when you start digging into the article, you start to realize that these people have an agenda. And of course they do, because they belong to an incumbent financial system and they want to quash any kind of threat that they see. Now, five, ten years ago, actually not ten years ago, but five years ago, they were laughing at this stuff. Now they're starting to attack it through what is effectively propaganda. And when you look at the article, very early on, possibly in the first paragraph, certainly before you're halfway through, the first thing you will find is a criticism of cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin on two fronts. The first one is that cryptocurrencies aren't money. They will raise the fact that they're volatile and will therefore dismiss them on the basis of that. And indeed, cryptocurrencies are extremely vo uh, volatile and there are quite a bunch out there that really shouldn't exist. But the fact is that the main ones have now been around for well, even uh, only 10 or 11 years. So you wouldn't expect something that new in the financial world to have the kind of traction that it already does. So I would think that you should look at that as promising rather than as something that is a downside. 
when you see how far they already have come in terms of a store of value, which is one of the three purposes of money. Uh, the other ones are a unit of accounting and a medium of exchange. And again, cryptocurrencies are very easy to exchange. So I think they check that box. The final one, unit of accounting, well, that's probably the hardest one to break, to be honest. But anyway, they dismiss cryptocurrencies as not being money. And then in the next sentence, they will dismiss them for not having any inherent value. Now, this one to me is very, very strange because any trained economist worth of salt will know that money shouldn't have inherent value. If you have a medium of exchange or a unit of accounting that also has some utility, which is not the same as um, intrinsic value, but again, I'll circle around to that. If it has utility as well, that's a pain in the neck. You just have to ask the electronics industry what they think about the fact that one of the greatest corrosive resistant conductors that we have, namely gold, is also used as a store of value. It's a nightmare for them because it makes the price of gold much, much higher than it needs to be. And as a result, they either have to look for alternatives or they have to uh, basically suck it up and pay the cost. So you don't want your money to have intrinsic value. And therefore, if these article writers, these authors, are dismissing cryptocurrencies as A, not being good as money, and B, not having inherent or rather intrinsic value, um, there's a contradiction there. You can't reject it on the basis of both. That's like saying that something isn't both red enough and green enough. Um, so uh, that to me suggests that either they're economically illiterate, which seems unlikely given their qualifications, but of course is not beyond the realms of possibility. I've seen plenty of incompetent people in senior positions. Nothing unusual about that. The other possibility is that they have an agenda, and that agenda is to attack cryptocurrencies on as many fronts as they possibly can. So that's one of the things you'll see early on in these articles, and that to me really is the biggest indicator as to what is going on here. And then the next thing that may be pulled in is uh, climate change change alarmism, saying that these cryptocurrencies are burning a lot of energy and uh, therefore we need to squash them for that reason. Um, they're used by criminals, they're um, used for money laundering. And again, if you look at our traditional financial systems, they suffer from exactly the same problems. Our banking systems are not carbon neutral. They are not immune from money laundering or uh, uh, criminal activity. So uh, in that sense, attacking cryptocurrencies as enabling these particular sectors of society or causing these particular problems is all very well. But, you know, before you criticize one thing, why not look at the existing thing in detail first? So, uh, again, it's the agenda that's going on there. Then what was the next thing that I wanted to move on to? Um, I think I'm keeping this under control and it's not too ranty, but I don't know. I'll see when I look over it. Um, anyway, Yes, so then the final thing that is raised is the spectre of the world's worst financial crisis that has ever been seen based on cryptocurrencies. So again, rather odd that five years ago these things were being laughed at by the people in these positions or simply ignored, and now suddenly they are the biggest threat faced to humanity we have ever seen. Well, I suggest you look at our existing system. It may all be very well if you are a senior VP in one of the um, established banks, but for the average person out there, the existing financial system has not served us particularly well. Now it is 10 years, 
12 years on since the last financial disaster. But you know, if the existing system that we had saw a financial collapse maybe once every 50 years, then you could say it was a pretty good stable thing. But that's not the case. These things seem to come along every 10 years or so, and that's actually a very short period of time. That means that in the average lifetime of an average person, they're going to see eight or so of these things, and each of them have an immense influence on the lives of average people. Just go and ask people who lived in Greece under austerity after the 2008 global financial crisis. And those are the people who end up bearing the brunt of all this stuff. I don't seem to remember anybody going to jail over the uh, financial collapse, despite the fact that there was massive collusion between the banks and the credit rating agencies in order to pump it up and up and up. And the harshest penalty they seem to have received is not to get their multi-million dollar bonuses for a year or two. Now, when you look at a system like that, then you can start to understand that, of course, those people are going to attack anything that they start to perceive as a threat. And therefore, that's something that I think needs to be kept in mind when you look at the, these articles. But just to loop back to what I said at the beginning of looking at the structure of these articles, the thing that annoys me the most is that contradiction between saying that cryptocurrencies are not money and then at the same time criticizing them for not having intrinsic value. Because that, to me, reveals the heart of the fact, which is that this is not about logic. This is not about the knowledge that uh, these people have and applying it to a particular situation and saying this will be the result. It is just propaganda. And that's shown by the fact that um, they're putting forward an economic fallacy. Anyway, um, these articles, I predict, will continue to appear in people's inboxes. They arrive at the moment at the rate of about one every week or two. Um, obviously, they don't want to plaster it over the media too much. But uh, there you go. I hope you found this analysis of these articles interesting. Please don't point them out to me because I don't want to read them anymore. They all look exactly the same. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this video and I'll see you in the next one soon. Bye for now.